0: Keep them on or take them off. I can do this. I can put my mask on that little thing. Good morning, Christ Community Church. Oh hi. my name is Megan. I'm the worship leader here and I would like to invite you to stand up even if you did just sit down. and we are going to worship together this morning with none like you. So won't you sing along.
1: real quick. Welcome to Christ's community. Uh, Whether you're here with us live or uh, you're online, I have to look in a new place. We've got a new setup. And so uh, welcome to everybody who is uh, here to worship that Jesus that we just sang about, right? the one who's crucified and raised to life. And so uh, I'm really, um, I'm excited for for worship this morning for a couple of reasons. Uh, One, because I get to share um, the stage here with uh, a new friend of mine, uh, Leo Ellis, who's gonna come in just a minute and share a little bit of his story and what God's doing in his life. But also because, um, just because of what the Lord seems to be doing. You know, there's so many things in this world that uh, right now just kind of feel broken. They don't feel right, and yet when we come and we sing things like he was crucified and raised to life, that doesn't make sense, like he was broken, and, but now he's new, and so we get to, to apply the good news of that gospel to so many things in our world, and so as we begin this morning, uh, you know, through the month of July, we, uh, we did something called money to the mission. We wanted to raise some money to support our international mission partners, and um, man, you know, it, it so often is true like this. Sometimes you, you highlight something and then you you learn of brokenness. And so for both of those partners that we were raising money for in the month of July, something uh, incredibly hard happened in uh, their lives and their ministries this week. And yet, in the midst of that, we see the good news of the gospel and how he's working in that brokenness. And so in Honduras this week, um, uh, the, the Bordos, which is uh now um I'm, I'm dave what's the other name now rancho Benito. rancho Benito, yes uh, uh there was a fire an electrical fire that uh man it decimated uh several homes and um, there there was it was just it was cringeworthy to see what was happening and uh we need to be praying for them they're trying to raise some more money to, to help rebuild that but what was so encouraging to me and that reminds me of the hope of the gospel is that this morning I see on Facebook the community coming together and cleaning that space and getting ready to build new again. Uh, Mark, our partner in Central Asia, uh, we learned this week that his grandfather had passed away recently. And we mourn in death, right? Like, I, I, I try to put myself in his shoes for just a moment. And in that, uh, being uh, so far away, unable to return, to, to be with family, to mourn that loss, And yet, the truth of the gospel that we just sang, that Christ was crucified and raised to life, man, it gets to apply because we know and Mark knows that he's going to get to be with his grandfather again in glory because of the good news of the gospel. And so, man, I just want to take some time as we begin this morning to welcome you and to be reminded of that good news, that although so much is broken in our world, man, we have the hope of the gospel and that's what we're going to celebrate in our gathering here this morning. So I want to pray for our time and then uh, Brother Leo is going to come and uh, share a little bit of his story with us. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for sending your son to not only join us in, in in our brokenness and to be broken for us, but to be raised to new life, to give us a better hope. And so we want to celebrate that this morning. We want to live in light of that this morning and we want to man we want to share that with the world and so god we pray that you would be with uh, our brothers and sisters in honduras as they rebuild rancho Benita. we pray that you would be with mark and and those uh, that are mourning the loss uh, of family there and god we pray that uh, as we bring our brokenness to this place and to this time of worship that you would continually remind us of how you make us new and how you resurrect in us the 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 things that you've created us to be and to do Uh, so we're thankful for the good news and the hope of the gospel we pray this in Jesus name amen well all right, hey would you all join me in giving a great big Christ community welcome to Leo Ellis come on up Leo had Leo the mic here hey I'll tell you uh, not that long ago, I didn't know I didn't know Leo, and um, I'm I'm man, it's been a joy to get to know you, man. It really has. And um, as you come, uh, we're going to talk ultimately about the backpack mission that, that you are leading our community to. But first, man, um, we always just try to make this a habit at Christ Community. Share a little bit about who you are and your story of of coming to know Jesus.
2: Well, I've actually lived in Shelbyville my whole life. I grew up in church. I actually really had no choice. I mean, I had my grandmother with a Sunday school teacher, my aunt with a Sunday school teacher, my granddaddy with a deaconess. I have a baby brother that's a preacher. So it's like I've stayed in church.
1: Pressure was on. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But when I did get older, I strayed away. But I eventually found myself back in church. I joined church in the summer of 89, straight away probably when I got from eighth grade to 12th grade. Then once I got back into church in 2010, I gave my life back to the Lord. It's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. You can do anything that you want to in this world, but nothing seems right without God being first in your life. Mm and I'm actually trying to lead my son in the right path too and they say is you train a child up and they shouldn't stray away. Hmm. I'm praying that that doesn't happen. Then I'm back to the backpack giveaway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that you got Jesus, let's get to the yeah. mission, right? Okay.
2: Hmm. Being that this pandemic's going on, a lot of people Children, parents, or whatever, they've lost their jobs or their hours have been reduced. And me growing up in a single parent household, but my dad was still in my life, it was kind of hard when it came to school, like getting your supplies, getting your clothes, and things like that. So the Lord put on my heart was to have a fish fry. And the fish fry, the profits from that was going to go to. Buying backpacks and giving them to kids that was less fortunate. So the day that I announced that was the same day that I met Blake, which is an amazing man. He brought a powerful word. And for me, just to sit there, it sent chills through my body listening to him talk about God. And then Mr. Norris Beckley, he jumped on board. Then once the ball started rolling, which it was my idea, but I didn't think I was going to be the mastermind. So we started having meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and Blake said, well, now you're the leader, so we're going to follow you. I'm like, I just came up with the idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, And after our meetings, we came up with it.
1: Leo, there's some people out here that know exactly what you're talking about. Because we've yeah. had that same conversation where it's like, <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> you get to run with it. I'll help you.
2: We're still going to do the backpack giveaway but the fish fry has been postponed because of COVID. And it wasn't COVID being postponed in the fish fry, but like you was gonna fry the fish on the spot, but the sides wasn't gonna be made there. So if the health department wanna walked in and been like, or is this made at, or is that made at, they, we can tell them where it's made at, but they don't have proof or anything like that. And I didn't wanna get it shut down or have any lawsuits, but we are gonna help the kids out and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be from 11 to 1 Saturday at Mosdale Park, right?
1: At the court at Martinsville. The, the court that we uh, helped with on Love Shutterville Day. So, over by St. John's, okay, uh, okay, the old okay, community okay. center. Okay.
2: it's going to be uh, where the old community gym used to be. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be from 11 to 1. You can tell me about the raffle. No, go ahead. <laughs> and there is two $100 raffle gift cards from the Outlet Mall to help with school clothes and don't quote me there might be another $100 gift card from the Outlet Mall to raffle off to because I mean the kids are a future and like I said I mean a lot of people's hours have been cut so they're not they don't have the money rolling in like it is, so any helping hand is a good hand.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, guys. Uh, Leo has been so impressive to me during this time, because Leo, uh, it was clear that first night we were over at Marblesdale at the revival, and the Lord put that on your heart, and you said, you know what, I'm I'm not going to be on the sideline. I'm going to take action. And um, you know, for us at Christ Community, we want to be all about that. How can we take action? How can we get in our community and serve? And so when I saw that, man, I just, I connected with your heart right there. And um, we, as we worked through that, man, I know one of the hardest decisions was that fish fry. Like it was such an integral part of the plan. And uh, you spent the night praying like, (laughs) Lord, I don't know, like this is hard. It seems broken. Like it seems not right that we would not have to do that. And uh, and yet the Lord, I see him growing you as a leader. And uh, I see him continuing to use you. Uh, to really serve people, not just to serve people, but so that we can introduce them to Jesus. And uh, I, I've, I've just been so thankful to see that in you and get to know you. And, um, and so, as he said, uh, we're going to be uh, at the, the, that court in Martinsville this Saturday, 11 to 1. We'd love to have you come help us hand backpacks out. Or if you know someone that needs one, please let them know. Kind of be like a drive-by, drop-by, get your backpack, and, and go. And, um, man, we, uh, we're so thankful for you. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just want to ask on behalf of Christ's community as we finish this up, brother, as you keep going in your journey with the Lord, uh, raising up Jaden, serving our community, how can we be praying for you? How can we be an encouragement to you?
2: Just pray for strength. Yeah. Because it is not easy. Mm. And I would tell anybody, like... Jaden's my son and me and his mom. We have a good relationship but we're not together. But being a single parent isn't easy at all. So I applaud any single parent. Cause I felt it firsthand when COVID hit, she was working like the weekend, so I'd have my son every weekend. That's like two, three hundred dollars at the grocery store for a growing young boy. I'm like, Mom, did I eat this much? <laughs> for real. Yeah, but it's a blessing, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm. I really wouldn't.
1: Awesome. Well, guys, I want to pray for Leo and for this mission and for our time. If you stand with me, the band's going to come back up and let's pray together. And, uh, yeah, I'll take it for you. Let's pray together and we'll continue in our worship. <sighs> Jesus, you write better stories in broken people's lives. And so, Lord, we just thank you for the story that you're writing in Leo's life right now. We see what you're doing uh, in the midst of his life, and we want to just give you glory and honor and praise for that. And as you call him into the mission, as you, as you help him go with you outside the gates to, to serve the kids in this community, God, we pray that you would use his story to inspire us and to inspire others to, to keep serving, to keep loving, to keep sharing about this Jesus who gives us a better hope. But Lord, we just want to take a few moments as we begin our worship time today to lift him up. And we pray, God, that in the midst of his journey with you, that you would strengthen him. Strengthen him as a father, strengthen him as a, as a follower of you, as, as a son of the Most High King. God, we pray that you would uh, give him strength to to keep taking next steps and to keep journeying with you. And Lord, we pray that you would allow us to continue to walk together in that journey. Followers of Christ here in Shelbyville, Kentucky. And God, we pray that you would uh, just uh, encourage us to do that as we continue to worship you today. That as we uh, return your blessings uh, back to you, that you would continue to show us how we can follow you more and more each day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you sing with us as we continue to worship today?
0: name. We thank you for Jesus who came and died for our salvation. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat.
1: Amen. What a powerful name it is. This whole month um, at Christ Community is bringing us back to the word better, right? Better, a better hope and a better priest who makes a better covenant. That's what we're talking about as we get into this section of the book of Hebrews. We've been going through that book and um, it's leading us to uh, 10 years as a church, uh, back to the place where we began in Hebrews 13. Um, But all of that in this this month of thinking about the word better is leading us to a place where we are a courageous people through Christ. And if ever there is a time in our world for courageous people, it is now. We need them. And so last week, we we talked about the better hope that we saw in Abraham's life, right? Um, How after waiting patiently, he obtained the promise that God had made. Uh, and so, what we did, right? Well, I'm just thinking to that. We built a bridge from his story, Abraham's story, to ours. And as we did that, we asked two questions that helped us to to hold on to or to seize that better hope. Uh, what is it, Lord, that you need to be need me to be patiently waiting for? And what is it that I need to be ready to do? Waiting patiently, obtaining the promise. And those reflective questions, they helped us to take hold of that better hope that we have in Christ. But what's next? Because at the end of the day, hope only takes us so far, right? Uh, and so this week we talk about this better priest, better hope in a better priest. I want you to maybe you can just say it with me. I, I was going to ask and then I was like, maybe not. Now I'm going to ask. I want you to say this with me. A better priest writes better stories with broken lives say it with me. A better priest writes better stories with broken lives. I hope you just said that in your living room online. A better priest writes better stories with broken lives. Now, every time we come to Scripture, right, we have to remember that we're building a bridge. The words of Scripture were originally written with a specific purpose for a specific person at a specific time, and we have to figure out first uh, what what that was, and then we build a bridge to what that means in our current context. We're a long way removed from from that time, and when we don't do that, right? If we if we don't do that, that's when scripture becomes a weapon instead of a tool. So today, uh, we've got a little extra bridge building to do. So I'm going to read Hebrews seven. We're going to read Hebrews seven t- together, and just know we're gonna we're gonna build this bridge. Um, so this passage is. I, I, I told Caitlin this week. This passage is so rich for teaching but today we're preaching it. And so we're going to build this bridge uh, and stick with me and know that, that what we, we, we deal with today, there's so much more that, that can be said. So if you've got your Bibles, Hebrews 7, if you're using the Bible app, our digital bulletin, our, our sermon outline is on there. Hebrews 7, 28 verses. So let's, uh, let's look at this together and then pray for our time in the word. It says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of God most high, met Abraham and blessed him as he returned from defeating the kings. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Without father, mother, or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Now, consider how great this man was. Even Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the plunder to him. The sons of Levi who received the priestly office have a command according to the law to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their brothers and sisters, though they have also descended from Abraham. But one without this lineage collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed the one who had the promises. Without a doubt, the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, men who will die receive a tenth, but in the other case, scripture, Scripture testifies that he lives." And in a sense, Levi himself, who receives a tenth, has paid a tenth through Abraham. For he was still within his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Now, if perfection came through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it, the people received the law. What further need was there for another priest to appear, said to be according to the order of Melchizedek and not according to the order of Aaron? For when there's a change of priesthood, there must be a change of law as well. For the one these things are spoken about belong to a different tribe. No one from it has served at the altar. Now it's evident that our Lord came from Judah, and Moses said nothing about that tribe concerning priests. And this becomes clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, who did not become a priest based on a legal regulation about physical descent, but based on the power of an indestructible life. For it has been testified, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So the previous command is annulled because it was weak and unprofitable, for the law perfected nothing. But a better hope is introduced, through which we draw near to God. Now, none of this happened without an oath. For others became priests without an oath, but he became a priest with an oath, made by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever. And because of this oath, Jesus has also become the guarantee of a better covenant. Now, many have become Levitical priests, since they are prevented by death from remaining in office. But because he remains forever, he holds his priesthood permanently. And therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. For this is the kind of high priest we need, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day as high priests do, first for their own sins and then for those of the people. He did this once for all time when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who are weak, But the promise of the oath, which came after the law, appoints a son who has been perfected forever. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would speak to us this morning, that your words would teach us about your son, Jesus, a better priest who writes better stories in broken people's lives. Help us to uh, not only know that, but to apply it to our lives, to be changed by your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When I read passages like this, my first thought, maybe your first thought, is why? Why in the world do you need to include all of this? But we have to remember, right? Our author is trying to convince Christians who have converted from Judaism that Jesus is still the answer despite the persecution that they're facing. In the Jewish faith, right? Abraham was legendary he was a legend he was the one who was the father of many way, nations he was the one who obtained righteousness of god, righteousness from god by faith he was the one who was willing to sacrifice his own son to be right with god but god provided the ram you may remember that story he was the one who had waited patiently for god's promise to come true as we talked about last week but even with the greatness of abraham even with as, as good as he was, as, as famous as he was, Melchizedek was better. That's what the, the first half of this chapter sets out to show us, that, that there was someone better than Father Abraham. And making that claim would have caused those who were hearing this letter for the first time, their ears would have perked up like, say what now? Now Abraham is my man, and, and Melchizedek is better? And it's a reminder to, to them and to us that man, no matter how good or how, how numerous our efforts are, there's always someone better. Abraham is, is the spiritual father to all who are in Christ. The priesthood that was started in, in his family line was the priesthood that upheld the Mosaic law for generations. Millions of people did come, have come, are coming to these priests to offer their sacrifices to God and to be obedient to the law. And yet the author of Hebrews spends a whole chapter telling us how there was something, someone who was better. He makes the case that this priesthood was inferior, that it was, it was limited in, in their abilities and eventually replaced by a priest who was more like Melchizedek, who was in the order of Melchizedek. Because Melchizedek was both a priest and a king. This text reminds us that even the great father Abraham recognized that that Melchizedek was better. And it goes on to show how the entire Levitical priesthood that carried out the Old Testament law was was present in in Abraham's loins, as scripture likes to say, right? Like they descended from him, and, and, and they, as being a part of Abraham, gave a tithe to Melchizedek. They gave something back to Melchizedek because they recognized his greatness. And then it shows how Jesus is a priest in that order, rather than in the line of the Levitical priest that came from Abraham. In fact, the more we start digging on Abraham's story, we realize that it wasn't just that Melchizedek was better. We realize that in Abraham's story, we realize he was a whole lot more broken than we often talk about. And the more we realize how broken he is, the more we realize that, and we don't really want to be broken either. Like, we just don't want to be broken. In Genesis 12 through 14, you see the same Abraham who is the father of many nations uh, being disobedient. He brought along his nephew Lot uh, on this journey, right after God told him to leave his, his country and his family uh, to, to go and be obedient. But he brings along Lot instead. and and this is actually what led to this encounter with melchizedek because lot he he wasn't obedient and and there were some consequences of that lot ends up in trouble and abraham has to go save him and it's after abraham goes and saves him that he has this encounter with melchizedek and it's like abraham is recognizing right there in the moment i did something wrong i wasn't obedient now i need to i need to give back to Melchizedek because I, i recognize that and you think okay he's maybe he's learned right Maybe he's figured this out. I just need to be obedient to God. But it's not true. He didn't learn. In Genesis 15 and 16, God promises to Abraham that he'd be the father of many nations, that his, his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky or the, the sands of the sea. And, and he promises him he's going to have children, and, and it just wasn't seeming to happen. And so you may remember the story. Sarah handed over her servant, Hagar, and basically said, make children with her. Now, all the ladies in the room are hoping and praying that Abraham says, Sarah, there is no way I could be with any other woman but you. But what's Abraham do? Sounds good to me. Right? We hold this guy up like he's, he's, he's legendary, and yet we see he's so broken. And he goes through with it, and he has a child with, with Hagar, and they name him Ishmael. And, and again, we see many of the consequences. Don't you think Sarah was crying out on the inside? No, I'm your wife. You were supposed to pick me. You were supposed to reject her and love me. And eventually Hagar and the son Ishmael were sent away into the desert. That's broken. That's that's family that's broken. But that wasn't even all. We see in Genesis 12 and again in Genesis 20, not once but twice and and possibly other times that Scripture doesn't record, that Abraham lies about Sarah being his wife because he thought he could control the situation better than God could, right? So here we have Abraham who who is supposedly legendary in the Jewish faith, and yet the author is reminding us that there was someone better. And, And as we look back at Scripture, we realize that Abraham is really actually pretty doggone broken. so we hold on to the hope that a better priest writes better stories with broken lives. And yet none of us want to be broken. Nobody wants to walk in and be like, hey, I'm the broken guy. I've uh, encouraged many, and we're going to talk more about it today, to take part in our Better Stories initiative. On your seats or if you're at home, I've been texting you uh, we're trying to fill in this blank. Through the pandemic, Jesus is making something better. And I sent out a video to those who uh, haven't made their way back yet this week and, and I just encourage them to think about this. And my example, and, and it's true, it's not just a, a false example, through the pandemic, Jesus is making my marriage better. And uh, Tiffany Keane, Tiffany, I'm calling you out, so hope you're watching. Tiffany Keane sends me a text and she goes, listen, I got only one thing to say. It's impressive that in the middle of a pandemic, you can say that your marriage is getting better. And, you know, we kind of, you know, we LOL'd each other because that's what you do in a text. We LOL'd with each other. And I was like, but you don't understand, right? The only reason my marriage was getting better was because being like that way, in the middle of a pandemic and, like, in the same house all the time, you realize all the brokenness that exists that you've never taken the time to deal with, right? Maybe, maybe we're the only ones. I don't know. It's okay. So the pandemic, Jesus is making my marriage better. <laughs> I said, Tiffany, you don't understand, right? The only way I can say that my marriage is getting better is because I realize how broken it really was better priest writes better stories with broken lives but none of us want to be broken we just want to tell the better story the same was true for abraham when he had the the issue with lot and he wasn't obedient he thought i'll just go and i'll clean this up i'll take care of this mess there were times where he just tried to cover it up and there were simple times that he just completely disregarded what it was and so As we jump into this idea that a better priest writes better stories with broken lives and and think about how that can come over the bridge into our lives, I want to ask you this question. What's your go-to move to hide your brokenness? What is it? Maybe you're the one that's tempted to just clean it all up. I know that these things are broken in my life. This is what's happened in my past, and I know that I'm working really hard to clean these things up. And it's not that we shouldn't clean it up, but we're trying to do it before we ever like, go be with Jesus. There's maybe even some of you that you're resisting to, to come to the Lord. You don't want to make that decision to give him your life or to be baptized or to take your next step because you're like, I can't do that until I can clean up my mess, until I can clean up my brokenness. What's your go-to move to hide your brokenness? For some of us, it's to cover it up. We just started this little habit of telling a little lie here, fudging the truth a little bit here one thing leads to the next to the next to the next it doesn't even really seem that bad it's not totally a lie it's just kind of a lie and we just we just cover up our brokenness i'll give you one example we talk about all the time how are you i'm good say well that's a socially acceptable answer it's also probably a lie a small one but a lie for some of us, we, what our go-to move is just to completely disregard it. You know what? Forget it. I know I'm broken. I'm not even going to mess with it. I'm just going to keep chugging right along. And we laugh, but some of us do that. Like It's like, yep, always been that way, always going to be that way. I've got things like that in my life, okay? That's how I can say it that way. I know. It's like, honey, that's who you married. Live with it. What's your go-to move to hide your brokenness? To clean it up, to cover it up, or to completely disregard it? Better priest writes better stories of broken lives. None of us want to be broken. Abraham didn't want to be broken. But if a better story was possible for Abraham, then a better story is possible for us. The only question is how takes a better priest. A better priest who writes better stories with broken lives. So I want us to to look back at verses 20 and following. We're going to break this down into three little sections that help us to understand how this process works. First, a better priest. Verses 20 through 22 says, None of this happened without an oath. For others became priests without an oath, but he became a priest with an oath made by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You're a priest forever. And because of this oath, Jesus has also become the guarantee of a better covenant. The Levitical priests, right? The priests of the Old Testament became priests because of who their daddy was. My daddy was so-and-so who was so-and-so who was so-and-so. And that all goes back to Aaron. That's how you became a priest. Jesus became a priest because the God of the universe declared him one. And there's a really big difference. Jesus was outside of the system. And this meant that he could protect the people instead of protecting the priesthood. You know what I'm saying? A priest in the order of of Aaron, a Levitical priest, um, part of their job was to protect the priesthood. But for Jesus, he was declared a priest forever. He could focus on the people. He truly was a better priest. But not only that, Jesus was an eternal priest, and that's what allows him to to write better stories. Look at verses 23 through 25. It says, Now many have become Levitical priests, since they are prevented by death from remaining in office. Everybody had to die, so they couldn't stay the priest forever. But because he remains forever, that is Jesus, he holds his priesthood permanently. And therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Man, when we begin to understand the priesthood, these these verses right here are some of the most encouraging verses in the New Testament. Last week, we talked about just one example of how significant it is that Jesus is an eternal high priest. Because our city of refuge is permanent. If you you were here, right, we, we talked about this. There's no time when we will have to fear being unprotected. Jesus is always providing refuge for us. Verse 25 reminds us that Jesus is eternally doing the work of a priest for us as well. He always lives to intercede for the people, it says. And that means that there is no moment in time when Jesus can't write a better story in your life. Let me say it again. There is no moment in time when Jesus can't write a better story in your life. Now, don't mishear me. I'm not saying that Jesus constantly writes better stories in your life and that he owes that to you. I'm saying there is no moment in time that he is not able to. He always lives to intercede for you. He is eternally going to God on behalf of broken people like you and like me. He is able to save you completely from the punishment of sin. And so all of a sudden, it's not about cleaning yourself up. It's not about covering yourself up. It's about his ability to write better stories in the lives of broken people. A better, sto- a better priest writes better stories with broken lives. We've seen that Jesus is a better priest. And now we understand because of his eternal priesthood how he writes better stories. But how, how in the world can he do that with broken people? Like that's the part that just, it's mind-boggling. And we pick it up in Verse 26 for this is the kind of high priest we need. Holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day as high priests do, first for their own sins and then for those of the people. He did this once for all time when he offered himself. I love, I love how the author is hammering this point home. Any one of those descriptions of Jesus, it would have been enough. Jesus is holy. Wow, if I stop and think about that, like, that's powerful. Jesus is innocent. Yeah. No. He stacks them up, right? He stacks them up to really drive this, home, this point home. He is holy. He is innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. You see, the old priests, they had to spend time at least once a year making atonement for their sins. They had to keep up with their own brokenness in order to help others with theirs. But Jesus... Jesus is free to focus solely on the brokenness of others because he is completely unbroken. And more than that, he took care of your brokenness in one single solitary act, his death on the cross. And since that's taken care of, our great high priest can now focus on writing better stories with broken people like you and like me, and that's good news. That Jesus' one sole focus is writing better stories and broken people's lives. All right, we got a bridge. So what's our part? A better priest writes better stories with broken lives. So come broken. Come broken. Verse 19, Hebrews 7 says, but a better hope is introduced by this new priest, right? Through which we draw near to God. We draw near to God. If there's ever a time that we don't want to draw near to God, it's when we're broken. And yet we have to come broken. That's when he does his best work. I'm reminded of James chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Flip there with me. We're going to be there for just a minute if you've got your Bibles. James chapter 4. Eight and following says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. One of the most comforting verses. Here's something I can do. I can draw near to him. I can run to him, and he's going to run back towards me. Like this, I can, I can get my hands around this. And this says, cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And we've just seen in this passage that, you know, we do that by coming to him. It's not something we do, but we do that by coming to him. But then there's like this crazy turn. Verse 9, be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Like, whoa. Blake, everything is about being happy these days. When I come like mourning or weeping or or in that type of mode, everybody is trying to get me to be happy. But, But scripture says, be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. How do. What? It's countercultural. This is the beauty of Christ. This is the beauty of the good news. You see, what's getting better is what's being broken, and that's the upside down kingdom of God. And so all of a sudden, there's this tremendous weight lifted, there's this tremendous freedom that we find in knowing Christ that we will just come broken. Come broken, and how do we do that? I think of several stories in the New Testament, and I want to relate them each to our lives, right? One, I think about, what's it look like to financially come broken? I think about the widow's mite. You may remember the story All these rich guys are throwing in a lot of money and this one widow comes up with two mites, two pennies. Puts them in the collection box and Jesus says, I tell you, she is the one who's really given. Because she came broken. She came broken. What can you give in your brokenness? What can you give in your brokenness? Not what will you do once you have the money to do it. What can you give in your brokenness? Because when we come that way, a better priest writes a better story in your broken life. When you come giving brokenly, right, you do things like support uh, Leo's mission. You've helped to fund backpacks that are going to be given away this Saturday. Matt mentioned, he came over and said, hey, can you clarify what you're looking for there? Uh, We do need some help giving backpacks out from 11 to 1 on Saturday. But we also don't want to get a huge crowd of people there, right? COVID. COVID. So uh, if you are really passionate about that, you know the Lord's telling you, be there, be there. Come help us out or call me and we'll figure that out. But know that if you've given to this church out of your brokenness already, then you've helped to support that mission. You've helped to support many missions. Better priest writes better stories of the broken lives. How do you come broken? You might need to come broken in how you relate to our government right now. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament is the story of Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus has this encounter with Jesus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was one that, uh, he was like a religious leader that was really like kind of crazy mixed up in the political side of things, right? And in John 7, he's the one who stands in the gap for Jesus with the political system and says, hey, shouldn't we at least hear this guy out? And he did that because he, he came broken, He came realizing that he may not have it all figured out. Could it be that Jesus is making us better in this day and in this time through the brokenness of our political system? Instead of passing judgment on it, instead of trying to figure it out or suggest that we have the answer, we just come to it and recognize that it's broken, and we come into that broken, and we allow Jesus to write a better story in what's happening. I think about how we can come broken in the story of racial reconciliation. Peter and Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 Peter has come through so much already. He's the rock upon which Christ is building his church. And in Acts 10, he comes and he has this encounter with Cornelius, who I don't know what race, quote unquote, they were, but they were Jew and Gentile. There was a clear divide there, and and God breaks him down in a dream. And it's in his brokenness that he comes to Cornelius, and he's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. And Cornelius says, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. And then the Lord begins in that moment a better story that sees the church beginning to take its true form. A church from every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And so I ask you in this day and age, could coming broken mean coming broken to the conversation about racial reconciliation? What's broken about your view of others that Jesus is making better right now? There's a a ton of other examples that I could give and and I have no doubt that the Lord is working through his word to bring those to mind. And that's where these little cards come in. Uh, The better story comes in. What's broken in your story that Jesus is making better? See, last week, I asked you to start thinking about this idea of, man, what's Jesus making better in the pandemic? And this week, I'm piling on by saying, you're probably going to find that answer by thinking about what's broken in your life. So if you're here with us today, there's cards. You can take these home. You can use them. And and you can fill this in. Send us a picture. Send me a picture or send it to Blake at loveshelpyville.com. If you're online, you can make you one of these or we can get you a sign if you need it. But I want you to really think about this. I want everybody to to take part in this. Because what we're going to do is we're going to tell a better story. We're going to tell a better story. And on Love Shelbyville Day, this is going to be something that we put out online into our community in some really intentional ways to tell a better story to our community. Not a better story of all the nice things that are happening with Christ Community Church but to tell a story of how a better priest is writing a better story in broken lives. Because we're all broken. We're all broken. Because here's the thing about that. You run into one broken person and you're like, okay, awesome. I'm so glad you turned your life around. Woo, grateful. Then you run into two on the same day and you're like, Lord blew me away today. I heard two people's broken stories, and he's like, he, he is doing work. What happens when you hear five, or ten, or hundreds? All of a sudden, you go from blowing away to, tell me more about this Jesus. Tell me more about this Jesus. Because a better priest writes better stories with broken lives. And we can all join in by telling these better stories. Quickly, before I end, I want to talk about what keeps us from doing this. Because it sounds good right off the top, right? It sounds good. But what keeps us from actually pressing into our brokenness and allowing Jesus to turn them into better stories? I think James tells us in the next couple of verses, 11 and 12, right? He says, Be miserable, mourn, weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. And then he, it's like, it it feels like a weird turn at first. But I believe it's what keeps us from doing that. Don't criticize one another, brothers and sisters. Anyone who defames or judges a fellow believer defames and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. You see, as soon as we start thinking about our brokenness, here are some of the other questions that come in What will other people think? What will this do to my reputation? Will I ever be able to show my face again? And as those questions come, we begin to compare ourselves to others. And as we compare ourselves to others, judgment seeps in, right? Oh, thank goodness. I think I'm still better than them. Oh, that is really broken. (laughs) When those questions begin to pull us under the water like that, we find it easier to criticize one another than to come broken before God. So often what keeps us from coming broken to God is not what's happening in our own lives, but the judgment that we're casting on others. Don't let that be the thing that stops you from letting Christ tell a better story in your life. share one more story with permission and offer an invitation as we finish today. Not too long ago, Caitlin went up to uh, Tinley's bedroom and in her bedroom she has one of those, um, I don't know, like circle chairs. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a circle and you like sit down into it. It's pink and it had like a pillow and a blanket sat down in the chair so for whatever reason I don't know if she's cleaning it up or whatever Caitlin picks that up and there's this huge black stain spot in the chair it's no longer a mystery why the pillow and the blanket were there she'd covered up the stain right Tinley Tinley you want to tell me what happened here I don't know cover it up right just covered up. I don't know. Tenley, you want to tell me what happened here? <clears throat> My slime came out in the chair. Okay. What happened next? I tried to clean it up, but it wouldn't come out. I tried to clean it up, right? I said, okay, what happened after that? Well, I was afraid I was gonna be in trouble so I put the pillow and the blanket on it. And then Caitlin, in all of her motherly wisdom, who she is in Christ, says, Tinley, do you realize that if you would have come to me as soon as you realized that this had happened, we might have been able to get the stain out of that chair? Of course, Tinley's like, no, really? are you serious? Yep, but it's too late now. There it is. And so for as long as that chair stays in Tinley's room, now after this sermon illustration, maybe forever, she'll be reminded of the time that she made a mistake, tried to cover it up, tried to clean it up, but couldn't fix the problem by herself. You know, that's the illustration of what we're talking about right here in this moment. Too many of us are broken. We've made mistakes. We even know what the mistakes are. They're haunting us. Even as we sit in our chairs right now, we know the brokenness and the sin that is existing in our life that's tearing apart our relationships, that's haunting us, that makes us feel down. We know, we know, we know, we know. And yet we think that we can clean it up. We think that we can cover it up. When in reality, if we would just come broken to the Father through Jesus Christ, our great high priest, he can make us new again. He can make us new again. Don't wait. Don't let that stain settle in. Come. Come broken to him today. Today, if you're with us and you've, you've never made that decision to trust Jesus, or maybe you've been walking with him, but you realize there's still sin, That needs to be repented of there's still something that is broken in you that you haven't really given to jesus like it's okay to say that that's there and still be a christian right like let's talk about that right it's a a lifelong process of being made into the likeness of god if that's you come to him broken come to him in repentance if you're online with us and you need to have a conversation about that you can text at new life ccc to 8, 10, 10, and we'll start a conversation right there and, and help you to, to walk through that process together. But don't wait. Don't let the stain set in because you know from the truth of God's word that you have a better priest who writes better stories in broken lives. As the band comes, I, I really appreciate Megan. Megan does a great job of, Selecting really thoughtful songs and, and songs that are driven by the words of Scripture. And this song that she taught us last week that we're going to sing again today in response, "Run to the Father." I don't want us to miss the words, so I'm going to read those and just pray for us as we respond to the gospel today." It says, "I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. Yep, I see it now. I'm laying it down. And I know that I need you. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. There's no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. You saw my condition. You had a plan from the start. Your son for redemption, the price for my heart. And I don't have a context for that kind of love. I don't understand. I can't comprehend. All I know is I need you. And so I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. Let's pray father we want to run to you today and we know that our great high priest makes that possible and while he's interceding for us and and while he's made the perfect sacrifice for our sins he in turn is writing a better story in our broken lives And so lord i just pray that today if there is any who is wrestling with their sin who is incredibly broken that you would allow them to come to you broken I pray, God, that we would worship you in light of that truth. No matter where we are in our walk, we would lay down the things that are staining our lives, the sin that is staining our lives, and that we would just simply rest in the arms of your salvation, fall into your grace again and again and again. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are, for how you love us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I we'll invite you to stand <clears throat> this morning as we sing this song if you need to run to jesus i'm going to be down here in the front and i'd be glad to to pray with you i'd be glad to just stand with you and sing with you if that's what we need to do as you run to the father and uh, we are so grateful for the freedom to worship and we look forward to all the stories the better story that jesus is going to tell as we run to him
3: Seat real quick, <clears throat> we always close out service with uh, something we call next steps, uh, and and this week is it's probably a little bit more uh, announcement esque, but uh, you know Blake's still down front. Uh, he'll be over in the lobby area after church, so don't take that as excuse. He like, "Oh, he's not up front anymore. I can't take my next steps this week." You can, you can find somebody. Just get uncomfortable. That's what we are called to do as, as uh, believers, and so. Um, A couple different announcements. If you have uh, a sixth grader through 12th, okay, this is probably some interesting stuff you want to listen to. Uh, If you haven't been getting any text messages over the summer, um, or if they haven't joined us uh, over the summer, we want to pause and let you know that we're starting back the 23rd, so uh, right before school starts, kind of getting back into the swing of things. Uh, And if you want some of those updates, you can text at EdgeSTMN, that's at EdgeSTMN, to 8-10-10 uh, to get any of our updates, and to be honest, like we're, we might have to pivot, right? Like Things might change in, during the fall, and we might have to find out what it's gonna look like, and we wanna keep in communication with you, so uh, we don't want you to miss out. But um, our last summer gathering is tonight uh, at the Lynn's house, that's our house, um, from five to seven. We're finishing up. Uh, just, we've gone through the book of Ephesians this summer. Uh, it's been a, just an awesome summer getting into the word and just fellowshipping with one another, uh, letting the, the students hang out and um, to the best of our ability, staying outside in our grass and just hanging out and, and doing all the things that uh, we're able to do uh, together. Um, but we are making that shift. Uh, like I said on the 23rd to be back in the building, Uh, that means we are going to be adhering to uh, the things we do here on Sunday mornings uh, to keep everybody safe, uh, take all the precautions of cleaning, all those things, uh, but we don't want you to miss out. Um, So again, you can get that that text message and get on on board with that. Um, And if you have a student who is a fifth grader going into sixth grade, uh, parents, I want to invite you uh, we'll have a Zoom meeting next Saturday night, uh, next Sunday night at 8.30, right? They're maybe in bed. I don't really know what a sixth grader does. I don't have one yet, um, but they sleep at some point. I, I do know that. Uh, so we want to invite you to that uh, so that you can, you can see what the mission, the vision is behind uh, Edge Student Ministries here at Christ Community, uh, but also just so that I, you know that I'm here for you. Uh, I want to walk with you guys as you disciple your disciples. I want to uh, partner with you as you do that because you spend more time with them than I do. And if I spend more time with them than you do, there's probably an issue. So we can talk about that afterwards as well. But uh, I also want want to lastly just close uh, the service. Um, Everything we do is worship when we gather together. And so I'm going to close uh, over um, prayer for us together as we go outside and be the church, but also for our offering Uh, and echo what Blake said. Uh, that when you give to Christ's community, you're giving to the mission, right? The mission to further the kingdom. And the cool part is we, we saw what, some of that this morning through uh, the story told. Uh, and the cool part is, is when we continue giving, there's more of those stories that will be told because of how we give. Uh, and so I want to pray for our time, and uh, afterwards we'll go outside and be the church. Father, as we uh, close our time together, um, as, as a full body, uh, as we've come together either online uh, or in person, that we are, um, man, we're reminded of our brokenness, and yet we're reminded of the hope that we have in your son. Uh, Father, I, I, I want to pray over our offering and, and just, man, that understanding that, I, I pray it blows all of our minds that when we give, uh, you do greater things with it, uh, more than we can ask or imagine, Father. And so I pray that we continue as a church um, faithfully living, uh, and everything that we do and uh, continue worshiping as everything we, that we do uh, throughout our week, and send your sons way' pray. Amen. Right, go be the church.